0: on Local Now, Channel 525. There's a ring of truth
1: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Suxton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. He's
2: the righteous one who intercedes between God and man, who stands in the gap in our place as our advocate and speaks to the Father on our behalf as our substitute, and God hears his prayers for us. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. He doesn't hear the prayers of the unrighteous, but he hears the prayers of the righteous, and there's only one righteous person who's ever lived, and that was Jesus Christ. And he's our advocate.
1: Today Pastor Dan talks about the importance of Jesus being our advocate to the Father. Have you ever felt unworthy of speaking to someone? The very idea of their presence is exciting yet terrifying. That's how we should feel about the Lord. If not for Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we would have no way to stand before God. It was at a cost that we have the hope of heaven. We are dirty compared to the angels and even filthier yet compared to the Father. Thank God that He had the foresight to send His Son so that he could be the mediator for you. And now, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 63, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: When Israel was afflicted, God was afflicted. God himself was afflicted also. Remember when um, when Jesus appeared to Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus? Remember what Jesus said to Saul? Saul, Saul. Why do you persecute me? Saul was persecuting believers. He was persecuting the church. But Jesus said, Why do you persecute me? Because Jesus was also persecuted. When his bride is persecuted, he's persecuted. He felt the affliction of the church experienced at the hands of Saul. Jesus suffers with us in our affliction. He suffers with us in our pain. When his people are afflicted, he's afflicted. You know, Jesus is not some kind of like disconnected, unfeeling God who doesn't, who doesn't understand what we're going through or what we're experiencing. When we're afflicted, he feels that affliction. When we suffer, he feels that suffering. When we go through painful situations, he feels that pain. Remember when Lazarus died and all of the friends and family of Lazarus were grieving and Jesus began to weep. Knowing that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead in just a few moments, he still felt their grief. He still experienced grief and sorrow with them. In all our affliction, he's also afflicted. And I think there's great comfort in that. in knowing that whatever I'm going through The Lord understands and and the Lord in in some way, I don't exactly understand how, but some way he feels that same affliction, that same pain, that same sorrow. Verse 9 goes on to say, And the angel of his presence saved them, in whose love and in his pity he redeemed them. And he bore them and carried them all the days of old the angel of his presence that's that's a title for the messiah the messiah saved them in his love and in his pity he redeemed them he bore them and carried them all the days of old speaking of israel but they rebelled and they grieved his holy spirit so he turned himself against them as an enemy And fought against them. You know, here God was loving towards them. You know, He was showing them love and mercy. And how did they respond to His love and mercy? They rebelled against Him. Now, watch what it says here. Don't miss what it says. They rebelled against God's love and mercy and kindness and grieved His Holy Spirit. And so, what did God do? He turned Himself against them as an enemy. And he fought against them. Isn't isn't that awful? Just what it says? That that here, uh, here God is showing kindness and mercy and love to them. He's bearing them. He's carrying them. And they respond with rebellion. And they refuse to turn back to God. They grieve the Holy Spirit. And so God, in the end, he ends up turning against them. And he actually fought against them. They caused Jesus Christ the greatest friend of sinners, to turn against them by their rebellion. The one who loved them, the one who saved them, the one who carried them, ended up fighting against them because of their own rebellion. Much like a parent who has a rebellious child, right? And even though that that parent loves the child and does everything they can for that child and provides for the child and cares for the child sometimes that child is so rebellious and so into the rebellion that the parent ends up in a position where they're actually against the child and almost like an enemy to the child. And the child sees the parent as their enemy and against them. But it's not it's not the parent's fault. It's because of the rebellion of the child. And here it's not God's fault that he ended up becoming the enemy of Israel and fought against them. It's their own stubborn rebellion it caused that? Verse 11 says, then he, speaking of the prophet Isaiah, then he, he remembered the days of old. He remembered Moses and his people. And the prophet said, where is he who brought them up out of the sea with the shepherd of his flock? Where is he who put his Holy Spirit within them? The prophet Isaiah says, where's where's the God of old who worked in our nation in the past? You know, in the Psalms, in Psalm 44, the psalmist writes, we have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us the deeds you did in their days in the days of old. And the tone here is hey, we've heard about the way the Lord worked in our nation powerfully in the past, in the days of Moses. Where's the, where's the God of Moses? Why isn't he working in our nation anymore? It goes on to say, who led them by the right hand of Moses with his glorious arm, dividing the water before them to make for himself an everlasting name who led them through the deep as a horse in the wilderness, that they might not stumble. As a beast goes down into the valley and the spirit of the Lord causes him to rest, so you led your people to make yourselves a glorious name. So now, verse 15, Isaiah prays, after remembering what the Lord did for the nation in the past, now Isaiah prays, look down from heaven. And see from your habitation, holy and glorious. Where are your zeal and your strength? The yearning of your heart and your mercies toward me? Are they restrained? Isaiah says, I I know what you've done for us in the past, how you how you led Moses and the children of Israel out of Egypt. You did miraculous things. How you led them and saved them by your mighty arm. You parted the Red Sea. You drowned Pharaoh and his chariots and his army in the Red Sea. You brought them into the wilderness and you provided for them in the wilderness. You gave them rest. You led them. And then now he says, look down from heaven. It's almost like he's saying, where are you now? Don't you see us now? Why aren't you doing anything now? Where are your zeal? Where are your strength? He's speaking to the Lord. Where's the yearning of your heart? Where's your mercy? Are they restrained? Are you holding them back? You know, sometimes we can feel that way towards the Lord. Lord, there was this time in the past where you, you so clearly worked in my life. You so clearly provided for us. You so clearly did this. I saw your mighty hand. I saw your mighty work. Lord, do you see where I am now? Do you see what's happening in my life now? Where are you? Where's your strength now? Where's your power now? Why aren't you working now? Are you restraining yourself? Is there something that I've done? Is there a reason why you're holding back and holding out? Look down from heaven. Look down from heaven. Do you see what I'm going through? Look down from heaven and do something. Sometimes we can feel that way. He says in verse 16, Doubtless you are our father. He's not doubting God who he is. Though Abraham was ignorant of us and Israel does not acknowledge us, you, O Lord, are our father, our redeemer. From everlasting Is your name. Now look at verse 17. Oh Lord, why have you made us stray from your ways and harden our hearts from your fear? Return for your servants' sake, the tribes of your inheritance. Isaiah pleads with God come back, return to us. He acknowledges here. That they've gone astray from God's ways. He acknowledges that the nation has hardened their hearts to God. He confesses their sins, essentially, in verse 17. And then he says, return, come back, come back to us, Lord. Return to us, O Lord. Verse 18, your holy people have possessed it, but a little while our adversaries have trodden down your sanctuary, the temple. We have become like those of old over whom you never ruled, those who were never called by your name. It's like we never had a relationship with you at all, the way things have played out.
1: You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan.
2: It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com.
1: Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: Chapter 64, he goes on. This is, he's, he's just continuing in this prayer. Now look what he says in verse 1 of chapter 64. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. Now, back in verse 15 of chapter 63, Isaiah prayed, God, look down from heaven. Now he prays, God, come down from heaven. Don't just look down from heaven, come down from heaven. We we need you to intervene in a personal way, in a real way. We need a reality with you. Rend the heavens, tear the heavens and come down. Just like you came down on Mount Sinai and and the mountains shook At your presence. Do that again. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. Lord, will you rend the heavens? Will you come down again? Just like you did before. He's praying for his nation. That's a really good time for us to be praying for our nation. And what is his prayer? Lord, do it again. Come down in a, a real way in the midst of your people. Like you did before. God has moved mightily in our nation in the past. There's been several revivals in our nation. Several moves of the Holy Spirit. and Great awakenings in our nation. Where God just sovereignly came down. By his spirit. And convicted people of sin. And just turned the tide of the nation. You want to pray for the nation. Come down. Rend the heavens Lord. Come down again. Bring revival to our nation again. Do it again. Rend the heavens that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. Verse 2 says, as fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down. The mountain shook at your presence. You came down before. Saying, come down again. Just like you've done before. Do it again. For since the beginning of the world, man has not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts for the one who waits for him. You're you're the, you're the only God who acts on behalf of his people, on those who wait for him. You meet him who rejoices and does righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. And there's no other God like you, he's saying. There's no other God like you. Never in all of human history has anyone ever known a God like you. You meet with those who rejoice in you. You meet with those who, who do righteousness, and remember the Lord and remember his ways. But Then he says in verse five, you are indeed angry for we have sinned in these ways. We continue and we need to be saved. This is the Old Testament. It's Isaiah. <laughs> Saying we've sinned. We need to be saved. That's what our problem is. We've sinned against you. We need you to save us, Lord. But there's a problem, there's a dilemma that Isaiah realizes here. Verse 6, he says, but we are like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. See, Isaiah identifies the problem. The problem is, is we've sinned against the Lord, he says, the nation, Israel, at that time. We've sinned against the Lord, and we need to be saved. The problem is, we're all unclean. All our unrighteousness like filthy rags. There's not, there's not a righteous one among us. There's not a clean one among us that can intercede for the nation. We're all unrighteous. The best we have to offer, the best we could put before God, Isaiah says, it's filthy rags to God. Same is true for us. Our righteousness, the best I can come up with, is filthy rags in God's sight the best you can come up with, it's filthy rags. That's why we don't want to come before God in our own righteousness or on the basis of our own righteousness or our own goodness, because our best is filthy rags. We want to come to God by the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ that is imputed to us through faith in Christ. And so when we stand before God, We stand by faith, believing in the righteousness of Christ as our substitute, and God sees his righteousness, not our righteousness, which is a good thing, because our righteousness is filthy rags. He says in the middle of verse 6, we all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. He says we're all like just this withered leaf that's just blown about by the wind. And our our iniquities have taken us away. Like we are so off course, he's saying. And and he's speaking about the whole nation. All of us. And there is no one, verse 7, there's no one who calls on your name, who stirs himself up to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have consumed us because of our iniquities. Do you see the, the... seemingly impossible dilemma that isaiah recognizes for his nation we've all sinned he says we are, we need to be saved the problem is we're all unclean we're all unrighteous there's none of us who are righteous at all no one who calls on your name no one who's really trying to take hold of you and do what's right so we don't have anybody that can stand before you on our behalf as an intercessor And Isaiah doesn't see a way out of this. Because there's no one in the nation who's righteous enough to stand before God on behalf of the people. They're all unrighteous. Verse 8. You are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. You created us. And all we are the work of your hand. Do not be furious, O Lord, nor remember iniquity forever. Indeed, please look. We are all your people. Your holy cities are a wilderness. Zion is a wilderness. Jerusalem, a desolation. It's just been destroyed. Our holy and beautiful temple where our fathers praised you, it's burned up with fire. And all our pleasant things are laid Waste. Will you restrain yourself because of these things, O Lord? Will you hold your peace and afflict us very severely? He he understands here again this impossible situation that they're in. He says, Because of our sin, we are in desperate need of salvation. We need to be saved. But the Lord, He knows only. Answers the prayers of the righteous. And there's not a righteous one among them. All their righteousness is as filthy rags. And so to Isaiah, we're stuck. There's no solution. There's no answer. Because he knows they need a righteous man to stand in our place and intercede for us. And Jesus Christ is the righteous man. He's the righteous man who stands in our place and intercedes for us on our behalf. Listen to this verse in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. Listen to what it says. If anyone sins, does anyone here ever sin? Right. Everybody has their hand up. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. We have an advocate with the Father. When we sin, we have an advocate with the Father who will speak to the Father on our behalf. Jesus Christ, the righteous. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. If he's going to be an advocate with the Father, he's got to be righteous. Or he can't be an advocate. You know, an unrighteous person can't help an unrighteous person. He's got to be righteous. And Jesus is described as Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's the righteous one who intercedes between God and man, who stands in the gap in our place as our advocate and speaks to the Father on our behalf as our substitute. And God hears his prayers for us. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. He doesn't hear the prayers of the unrighteous, but he hears the prayers of the righteous, and there's only one righteous person who's ever lived, and that was Jesus Christ. And he's our advocate. He's our representative that speaks to the Father on our behalf.
0: He asked me how I know. And I say, bring truer than the."
1: That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. We're so glad you joined Pastor Dan Sexton for his verse by verse study through the book of Isaiah. This extraordinary book is quoted in the New Testament more than any other Old Testament book. Plus, it provides us with the most comprehensive picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. It includes the full scope of his life and ministry from his virgin birth to his sacrificial death to his resurrection and Second Coming in glory. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an edition of this program. That website again is calvaryec.com. We'd love to hear from you too and learn how Ring of Truth has blessed you. Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Let us know how God is working in your life and if there's anything that we can be praying for during this study of Isaiah. That number again is 410-491-4592. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We pray the Lord bless and keep you and that your faith is deepened with each passing day. Tune in next time to continue our study of the book of Isaiah right here on Ring of Truth.